0: In the realm of parenting, whatever you do is good enough and you're going to have to bring in some objective evidence to suggest that you're not doing it right. podcast. I am your host, Danny Paul. Across from me is the vice host, Leon
1: Coventry. Leon. Danny. How are you, sir? Happy midweek. Happy, happy midweek to happy you. Happy midweek.
0: We're recording this on a Wednesday.
1: Mike, 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 Mike. Over a Commercial in history, hump, sir. <laughs> yeah, hump day doesn't always mean what you think it's going to mean, especially in, in this age group.
0: And now that everybody's oh. working from home, is it really a hump day? Because you're at home.
1: I don't think anybody knows what day it is.
0: Yeah. It's just what is the sun's out. Okay, good.
1: It's actually interesting. Do you think productivity on some level has gone up because people just don't stop working? I think there's some
0: science behind that because of the lack of a commute. So if you look at people's productivity, they're not in their cars going to and from work. So they have more time to dedicate to work. They're more focused there's less ramp up because, you know, when you get into the office, you got to sit down at your desk, you got to turn your computer on, or you got to just get your stuff all set, right? You got to organize your desk and, you know, talk to whoever your coworker is. It's like, Oh, did you see the whatever on whatever TV show last night? Oh, that's gone. And you basically sit down, log in. And so I think there actually is some science as to how uh, productivity shot up serious style. Have you noticed anything in your line of work?
1: It, it, we, unfortunately for us, we have to be, in in the building, yeah, uh, and because and we're and working work. on buildings, so yeah,
0: yeah you're um, your physical space.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know that we qualify or don't qualify as essential, but we have to, or you know, people's houses or or residences are going to crumble around them. So that's mm-hmm. so. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: we got to do it. Before the pandemic, my day job was remote, so I didn't see any difference once the pandemic started. Uh, the only thing I saw was that we stopped spending money. So we really couldn't experiment. We couldn't do anything other than research, but in terms of productivity, I don't think we missed a beat. So you'd probably have to talk to somebody who went from, I go into the office every day to I'm no longer in the office. So we're probably not the best examples of this, but, uh, we've got our insurance agent, friend of the show who wants to come on and talk sometimes. So maybe we can ask him, uh, how his life changed. And then, of course, we have some other friends who have expressed an interest in coming on the Brown Bulletin. That might be a fun topic for them. As for us, what is your Brown tonight, my man?
1: Well, as you know, we just completed the Brown bracket. So if you're not listening to extra innings and uh, you're not listening to how the bracket went, we have a big winner. And uh, because of it, I actually felt like my go to my favorite bourbon felt shafted and Ooh. i don't want my bourbon to have hurt feelings so i i went back and coddled buffalo trace and said you're with me tonight i'm going to hold on to you oh, sweet. and uh, yeah you know we have a very special relationship Good and for i don't you, want sir. that I don't want any brown brackets getting in the way of that. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Don't don't let BT think that you're cheating on her. That's good. Um, I chose one of our finalists tonight. I chose the Angels Envy. A mm.
1: little sweeter, a little lighter.
0: Little sweeter, a little lighter, yeah.
1: Oh, I see the cube in there too. Mm.
0: Yeah. Funny thing about this is the five-year-old went in to get a popsicle a few nights ago and left the freezer door open all night. Mm. So we lost all of his popsicles and his ice cream sandwiches. And uh, the things that were pretty well sealed, Daughter Pops hung on for dear life. But unfortunately, we lost all of my brown ice. So I was lucky to squeeze off this guy at the last minute. Blast me. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Can't beat the children anymore. That went out in the 50s.
1: Anyway, man, it's time for Brown News. If it's the darkest brown, you got it.
0: Yeah, and I got news for you. Today's brown news comes from the journal Science. Hashtag science. It's this science. just makes me laugh every time I read it. Uh, for those of you paying attention at home, playing our home game, I go through all these headlines, and I kind of give it a quick once over to make sure we have some talking points, and I'll kick it over to Leon, and I'll say, here, read, uh, which he will or will not do, depending on what Triple B said last episode. Uh, but every time I go in and kind of review this to make sure I've got some talking points, I always laugh. So, this is from the journal sciencemag.org. This comes from March uh, 2012, actually. So, this one popped up in the archives, <clears throat> but I thought it was really, really funny. Uh, Sexually rejected flies turn to booze. The article opens up. Uh, Sarah Williams is the author published March 15th, 2012, offer a male fruit fly, a choice between food soaked in alcohol and its non-alcoholic equivalent, and his decision will depend on whether he's made it recently or been rejected by a female. Flies that have been given the cold shoulder are more likely to go for the booze, researchers have found. It's the first discovery in fruit flies of a social interaction that influences future behavior. Scientists already knew that when fruit flies drink alcohol, reward pathways in their brains are activated, making it a, quote, pleasurable, unquote, experience. They also knew that social interactions are among the most rewarding experiences. So researchers led by neuroscientists at the University of California, San Francisco, uh, who's now moved on to other academic institutions, wanted to see whether the two types of rewards were connected in the brain. This was just a wild experiment to do. We didn't expect to see such dramatic results. What
1: was the experiment? I'll tell you. Keep going. I don't. I don't want to break. I have lots of things to say about this, but continue.
0: The scientists put 24 male fruit flies, Drosophila melanogaster, in one of two situations. Half the males were placed in vials in groups of four, each group with 20 female flies that were ready to mate, allowing the males to mate with multiple females. The other half of the males were put alone in vials, each with one female that had already mated, making her reject any courtship advances. After four days of repeated mating and rejection, the male flies were moved to new containers with capillaries containing food mash, some with alcohol, others without, that they could eat. Each fly could choose which capillary to drink from, and the researchers measured the amount that was consumed. The researchers expected all of the flies to prefer alcohol, but that's not what they found. You see that the mated males actually have an aversion to the alcohol-containing food, and the rejected males have a high preference to that food with alcohol. On average, the rejected males drank four times more alcohol than the mated ones according to the team. So you see, fruit flies are not altogether different than
1: humans. So the first thing I think about when I see this is, really, this is what scientists are doing now. There's (laughs) nothing else that they need to be researching. But let's get fruit flies drunk, but only if their feelings are hurt. This is what they're doing right now. I applaud it, though, because this gives me the ammo that I need, uh, should I ever get rejected, I can say, well, it's nature, hon. All right, go look at the fruit flies. I have to have a drink now.
0: I have a headache, and you're getting drunk. Science.
1: Science. It's science. I-
0: the exact <sighs> science, uh, for those of you interested here, is a brain chemical called neuropeptide F, NPF. They showed that NPF is necessary to mediate this link between sex and alcohol, and also that NPF is sufficient <clears throat> for the association. That's two strong arguments that this is a real connection and not mediated in some other way. So, if you have low levels of neuropeptide F in your brain, it might play a role in the link between rejected for mating and getting drunk. <laughs>
1: You know, it's, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, I wonder, well, I, I'm glad that they described how they did it, that, that the female itself was already mated and therefore didn't want them because I was thinking for a second when I first read the headline, you know, maybe this is an ugly fly. And you know, the fly is like, look, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to, if I'm going to keep the, the bloodline going, I'm going to need a drink.
0: Did you know but, that I have gold-plated wings? I don't care what you have; you're ugly.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've never drank till I'm cute, but you know, I think that's what these flies are trying to do.
0: Well, I also wonder about the conditions of the experiment. I mean, if I were placed in a petri dish with twenty females that were ready to go, it doesn't matter how ugly you are; it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a fruit fly, or yeah, a fruit fly, who gets in that situation thinks, "Hey, I got a leather jacket on. I look good. Let's make this happen. I've already made it." No, no. Where's the bottle? I drink.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good one. Good that's times. a good pull from yeah. the journal science. Uh, I mean, it's science. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, science,
1: science.
0: Anyway, that's our round for hurt. tonight.
1: Brown News! Brown news!
0: We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're now going to get into headlines. News team! Assist
1: get down, let's get down to business. Real headlines, though.
0: Yeah, we kind of, we, we went off form a little bit. I wanted to bring us back to form. So headlines should be somewhere in the business realm and hopefully something that might affect uh, the average person that has a, a white collar, a blue collar job. So I tried to find a couple of headlines from the business news that might be affecting everybody. So the first one comes from uh, msn.com, courtesy of Bloomberg. Uh, this one was published uh, five hours before we recorded. So, this is on a Wednesday night on the 28th of April. Ford sees a $2.5 billion chip shortage cost, lowers its sales outcast. Uh, Ford Motor Company reduced its full year forecast due to a debilitating computer chip shortage that has crimped vehicle production, a crisis the automaker now sees extending into next year. A global shortfall of critically needed semiconductors has forced the entire automotive industry to cut output, leaving thin inventories on dealer lots just as consumers emerge from COVID-19 lockdown. Ford expects a $2.5 billion hit to earnings due to scarce chip supplies, which had previously characterized as a worst case scenario. Ford now expects to lose about 50% of its planned second quarter production, up from 17% in the first quarter serious business
1: you know it's interesting uh you know and one of the reasons we didn't make a uh, podcast last week is because i had to do a quick out and back back to the home state the buckeye state buckeye country yeah talk about that i had to go out to uh, my father-in-law was holding on to my car for me that i had out there when i moved out here company car don't need the old car anymore. It was bought and paid for. GMC Terrain, 2013. Nothing special. Good car though. And um, I was just going to do a Carvana sell or sale or something like that. it was a lot more difficult to try to get it done remotely. And uh, it seemed like every time I tried to get, you know, two steps forward, I was somehow knocked back through some technicality or legal technicality or something. So, you know the the flights were so cheap. I said, you know, it's cheaper and quicker for me to just fly out there, sell the car myself, fly back, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what's interesting is I was trying to sell the car about nine months ago, mid COVID. Right. And, uh, the offer I got from Carvana and CarMax was over a thousand dollars less than what I got for it this last weekend. So this might be playing a part. I, I do. I have heard that new inventory is is getting a little bit more difficult, especially if you want it built the way uh, specifically to so the way you want it. Uh, my father in law is actually running into that right now. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to have his truck finished by June, and they've pushed it back till late September, October, if he's lucky. At this point, so I don't know if the chips are part of it, but it's not just chips. It just seems mm-hmm. like. All raw materials, everything they need to get it done is is unavailable right now because of COVID and we're not ramping up fast enough.
0: No, a lot of the supply chain issues, I think, like you said. The uh, article goes on to say the impact on production has been widespread. A Ford factory in Kansas City that builds its top-selling F-150 truck and transit van is in the midst of a month-long shutdown. Hmm. The company's factory in Chicago that builds the Explorer SUV has been shut down since early April and isn't set Hmm. to resume production until the middle of next month. Even Ford's highly profitable pickup factory in Dearborn had to close for two weeks. The result is scarce stocks on vehicles and dealer lots, leaving confident consumers wanting. So that's certainly going to improve the used car market. But a lot of this has to do with, you know, chips now regulate everything from valve timing in the engine to air conditioning to all the electronics within the car itself. So you really can't have, you can't have a vehicle anymore without some kind of computer in it.
1: Right. You can't work on it. I mean, it's really hard to work on cars. My first vehicle uh, wasn't nearly as cool as your first vehicle. That white truck was epic. Mm. But uh my my uh 69 Volkswagen Beetle that thing was it was a bitchin' first car to have because I could I could learn how to work on cars. I started to understand how they worked. It was, you know, I was cheap. It was cheap. It was easy to work on. Parts were easy to find. So uh no computer. But now I I don't I have a you know a new Ford Explorer and I, anything goes wrong. I don't have the, I don't have the equipment to even ask the computer to tell, tell me what's wrong. All I know is that lights are going off, you know.
0: When you worked at the Chevrolet dealership, do you remember having to deal with anything that?
1: With what the parts specifically or
0: Uh, do do you remember them talking about that at all? Do you remember them talking about the, the intricate electronics and the need for computer processing power?
1: Uh, No, but it definitely was something that was, it was commonplace at that time too. I mean, the, you you can go buy those computers too, right? You plug them in their car, and you'll you'll they'll tell you. But the common, the normal, everyday person doesn't have that, right? And so, unless you're you are a car person uh, who in, really enjoys learning how to work on cars, uh, I I don't I don't know. I don't think you're gonna you're gonna go out and buy that computer. You're gonna let the professionals do it. It does feel a little bit like do you remember when Apple pulled that stunt where and I and I have I, I'm still an Apple person. Mm-hmm. They've got me. I'm hooked. But they came out and said, you know what? We don't need that that jack for the headphones anymore. Everything yeah. is going to go through the lightning cable. And they thought they were reinventing the world. They thought that they were tricking all of us and saying, hey, you don't you don't need or you're going to have to buy our products going forward and they're going to make their products so sticky that you won't ever be able to walk away. And now they're eating their words because it actually did hurt them pretty bad. At some point, you can't you can't try to invent innovation through separation. And uh, and I think that's, you know, what I think these car companies are doing. It's, It's smart on their part to 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 make it so it's almost impossible to work on your car because they don't make money off selling these cars. They make money off of servicing these cars. Yep. They make money off the off the parts <clears throat> and make no mistake. I, I've heard rumors out there. I don't know if it's true that they lose money on every car they sell, but they they make it back in service. They so. make it back in the finance office, right? <laughs> Perhaps that too, not sure.
0: So according to an analyst at Morgan Stanley, this resulted in the most favorable supply demand imbalance in a generation. These factories are simply at a standstill. You could say something like we have a a shortage of rubber or a shortage of steel or a shortage of leather, but they're not talking about that. So they're not, they're not shutting these factories down because they're missing out on other areas of the car. They're shutting this thing down because they can't put a little 32 pin piece of Silicon transistor in the car to turn the thing on. That just blows my mind. Um, I wonder how much of it has to do with the rise of the electric vehicle, about how everything is automated now. Yeah. Um, you, know, you talk about Apple, the Apple CarPlay. I think is it was a game changer, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a that's a computer in a car. So now you're you're starting to build a car around a computer, kind of like you've built everything else around a computer. So I mean, my coffee pot has a computer in it, my refrigerator has a computer in it. So everything has processing power now. It's just interesting to me that such an old tried and true product and business model has been brought to its knees because we can't build these things fast enough. And the irony is the West owns semiconductors. This isn't a Chinese problem. So I thought that was very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's, it's, it's a symptom that, Covid is causing. You know, I I don't care what side of whatever political fence you're on right now. There is no denying that the true impact of Covid hasn't even been felt yet. Mm-hmm. That doesn't come for a while. These supply chain issues, these companies that you know did these layoffs during this time, that have been reconfiguring their business model to figure out a way to do things cheaper. Uh, th- these will be felt for decades and this is no different these this is just one microcosm of what happens when you shut down the world for a year and yeah. there's no coming back I mean it's it is going to take we're going to be feeling this kind of stuff constantly and it's uh, at first we all said oh my god where's the toilet paper and uh and that was a tragedy but now Where's the semiconductors? Yeah, I, can't Where's buy the, the chips? I can't buy a new
0: car. Uh, right. Shares of the company f- fell as much as 4.3% in aftermarket trading. They closed regular trading down 0.5% to $12.43 a share. If you have Ford in your portfolio, hold on to it. They're coming back. America still has a love affair with pickup trucks. And it looks like their new uh, Mach-E Mustang is making waves. For those of you that don't own any Ford stock or are interested in it, it's probably time to buy the dip.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think they're I think their model, at least when they announced that they were going to stop making the cars and they were going, you know, full bore into electric. I think they have the right people at the helm. I think they're heading the right direction. I think they've woken up to the to what where the world is going. And I agree with you. I uh, hate don't don't blame me if you go buy a bunch of stock and it tanks, but oh man, what do I know? I but I if 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 this is true. And, you know, people do have money burning holes in their pockets. Like I said, my used car somehow gained a thousand dollars more over over the last nine months. So once these things do get the chips and they're rolling these things off here, I think that thing's going to spike back up.
0: So let's finish this with a quote from an analyst at Morningstar Capital. Uh, The second quarter will be the worst financial impact from the semiconductor shortage. In the first quarter, they were able to put some band-aids on certain things and still make vehicles. Whereas in Q2, you really start to run out of options. You're seeing a lot more plant closing announcements across the industry over the past few weeks. And it is hitting more than just Ford. Ford just happens to be a marquee name because the F-150 is the most popular vehicle, period, in the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay, that comes to us from msn.com slash money slash companies. Moving on to something near and dear to my heart that pisses me off. Let's talk about HBO
1: Max. HBO Max. I love HBO Max.
0: It comes to us from CNBC. Warner Media plans to charge $9.99 per month for ad supported HBO Max.
1: What?
0: I don't understand this at all. If you can get Netflix for $11 with no commercials, what makes you think that you're going to want to go to HBO Max to get commercials just to save five bucks? Like I think there was some kind of study that I heard this morning that referenced, if you watch television with commercials versus Netflix, you lose like 13 days a year. Oh, well. What what is the fascination with an ad supported business model? It drives me crazy.
1: Well, who would, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't know who would pay $5 less just and watch commercials. If you're going to pay 10, you're going to pay 15. Yeah.
0: If you if you can't afford five dollars a month for the entire Warner Brothers catalog, why are you paying 10? Like if you can't afford 10, you can't afford 15.
1: And the ad that you're showing right there is actually uh, the, the picture they have there, I think that is that the new Game of Thrones spin-off. Uh, that's the old Game of
0: Thrones but oh, okay. when you when you talk about television you talk about curated quality in television netflix has stepped up big time i think we can uh-huh. agree to that i think disney's on a roll uh, uh-huh. i think amazon is dumping as much money as possible and even more than that apple is dumping more money than amazon all into original content programming but you've got uh-huh. the original king the lord of the mountain hbo ruled television going back to the sopranos and and six feet under. So they had a marquee name that they basically wiped their ass with because they couldn't figure out their distribution strategy. And it's, it pisses me off that they have so much brand equity in this name and all of this content, and they just can't figure out what to do. And it bugs me. To
1: monetize it, to monetize it. You're doing it wrong. Like unbelievable. It's, I'm glad that they came out with the HBO Max model, right? Everyone knows that cable and and Dish and all that are on its way out. There's no question about it. You know, as streaming it's it's the way of the future. What sucks about it is we we traded in one bundled product for a completely shattered product, and we have to pay for. But it's a little bit more like a la carte, so you know.
0: If we are creating. Got, it. Um, so on the on the Disney side of things, you've got a blockbuster franchise in Star Wars, in Marvel, and of course mm-hmm. the House of Mouse, and then mm-hmm. Pixar. You've got mm-hmm. a solid four independent brands by themselves, which could probably national, carry. The that's national, national Geographic, Geographic. yeah, they could also yeah, do that's that. So you've got, you got five independent names that could carry their own streaming services, and you bundle all five of them together. I make the art the art, uh, argument that Warner Brothers catalog. With everything they've got from HBO to the Cartoon Network to Cinemax to DC Comics, they've got way more IP that they could be Uh leveraging to go up against Disney. And as much as Netflix is churning out, like they put together like $12 billion in, in content last year, Netflix still doesn't have all of the tried and true IP that... Warner Brothers has. Warner Brothers is like the oldest studio around, and they still can't figure this out. This bugs the shit out of me. AT&T said last week, HBO and HBO Max have a combined 44.2 million US subscribers. Now compared to Disney, that's no good because Disney just hit 100 million. And I think Netflix is just over 200 million. So small numbers to start. AT&T has completely restructured WarnerMedia to better compete against Netflix and other streaming services. An advertising-supported service at nine ninety nine dollars will allow HBO Max to stand out as significantly cheaper than Netflix, whose standard price is $13.99 per month. AT&T expects HBO Max and HBO to have between 120 million and 150 million subscribers by the end of 2025. So their whole go-to-market strategy is... Let's shave $4 so that we can blanket them with ads because Netflix is $1 cheaper than our non ad model
1: offering. Do You have Hulu. I want to stick a gun in their mouth. What? Do you have Hulu? I do not have Hulu. So I have Hulu and I had Hulu with ads and I paid the extra couple bucks for Hulu without ads and it's night and day. It's night and day. Like, But the Hulu without ads was free so would I have paid $10 for Hulu with ads? No way. I, I, this is, this is to me people that are completely out of touch with what people do with their money and how they choose to spend it. Cause that makes no sense at all.
0: Warner media plans to only attach advertisements to programming that's exclusively available on HBO max and won't muddy HBO shows with commercials, Warner media, CEO, Jason Kilar said early last year, Warner media had preliminarily considered selling an advertising supported product of just HBO max content for $4.99 a month. That could have been interesting, but next to that idea for a combined product with HBO said two of the people who asked not to be named a Warner Media spokesman declined to comment. Damn right you declined because you're stupid.
1: They're ashamed. They're ashamed of this terrible model.
0: They had HBO Go. They had HBO Now. They have HBO Max. They still sell HBO through the cable bundles. They still sell HBO through Amazon. They couldn't get HBO Max onto Amazon or Roku because they couldn't figure out the distribution strategy. And their entire way of talking about it is this guy, Stanky, who runs at t who says, <clears throat> whether a customer chooses to buy the ad-supported product or buy the straight subscription product, it's accretive in the same ways to our business. Asshole. Asshole. I can't, I don't, and full disclosure, I'm an at t stockholder. So I'm, I'm angry on multiple fronts. This stock should be going through the roof, but they keep doing this stupid stuff with their marquee brand they're going to sell 5g phones they're going to sell internet they're trying to dump direct tv they're trying to do smart business decisions because they're overladen in debt but this I, I don't understand how you take your louis vuitton or your tiffany or your bugatti and you just you, you toss it in with the dollar store stuff you like it in H- kmart H- hbo is premium branded
1: merchandise you know i know i know it makes better entertainment when the two of us disagree and we can debate on this but i can't even debate you on it you're one million percent right this is a terrible this idea it's cheapening something that they've worked so hard to make exclusive and um premium i think is is the term you use it really is a premium brand and so you don't need premium light that doesn't make sense. Right. Rolex doesn't do that. Right. Right. That here here's our Casio version of the Rolex. Well, no, that Rolex isn't as impressive anymore. I don't understand. I, it's oh, hey, let's see if it works. What, What the hell do we know? Apparently these people are smarter than us.
0: It's precisely what HBO was. HBO was Rolex. You nailed it. HBO said, we're going to put naked people and swearing together and we're going to put it behind a wall and you're going to have to pay to get access to it. And we're only going to show certain stuff at certain times of the night. And people went, okay, great. I'll pay for that. And what do you know? Everybody followed him. Next thing you know, there was all kinds of nudity and profanity and violence on regular television, on cable. And then it eventually made its way to network dramas. And so they, they kind of, they led the way in terms of let's do hyper violent, hyper sexualized content because we want grownups to watch it because everybody else is catering to the 13 to 18 demographic uh, to get advertising dollars. Let's do something different. And lo and behold, everybody followed them. So as, uh, as actors that we had when our, when we were younger, we look at the performance value of this content and it's just insulting that you would do all of this to such a wonderful just a wonderful icon of entertainment.
1: Well, and to piggyback your your point about adult content and where they wanted to position themselves, I also want to unrelated say, what the hell happened to Real Sex? That was a bitchin' show, and you took it off. Bring it back. That was an amazing... I loved Real Sex. And they, they just completely went away with HBO After Dark, and I don't care about the you know the b or, or c or super softcore softcore porn but real sex that was entertaining oh it's skinamax yeah mm. No, skinamax there's still, the still the skinamax there's
0: there's skinamax on hbo on hbo max. Oh, is it
1: yeah. oh on max on max okay you
0: yeah there's there's some there's okay. some skinamax stuff on hbo max so this is interesting here if you look at the uh, screenshot that i got right here viewers under the age of 35 on traditional hbo 15% This was a grown up network. It was grown up content. They were leading the field in premium content for grown ups. Then you get to HBO Max and your viewership under 35 balloons to 43% because they bring in friend reruns and they bring in all this other stuff that just doesn't need to be there. You know, they could have kept HBO premium. They could have set it aside and they could have said, Yeah, no, no, come on in. 10 bucks, 10 bucks, you get HBO by itself. 15 bucks, you get all of the Warner Brothers catalog. But the other really annoying thing about the way they've done all this stuff is Warner Brothers doesn't have any idea what their customers want. Or they don't realize that their customers are the ones that watch the movies and the TV shows because you can't get Warner Brothers entire catalog. They've licensed the rights out to everybody else. So if you want to go looking for a piece of Warner Brothers content, you may not be on HBO Max. It may be on Netflix. It may be on Hulu. It may be, you know... None of it makes any sense whatsoever from a branding, a positioning, or a marketing perspective. It's just
1: bonkers. All right, this horse has been thoroughly kicked.
0: Good, I beat it. Beat it until it's dead.
1: (laughs) I think everyone knows where we stand on this decision.
0: Let's uh, let's go to the crank file.
1: This is my favorite. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file whatever
0: this week's crank file comes from us from Janelle C Shane at Substack. You know what Substack is? Nope. Substack is an independent community of authors that don't want to go through traditional media sources. So if you have a favorite author in the newspaper, for example, they can go on Substack, they can write their own content and they can monetize it. So if you think of some of the more famous uh newspaper or magazine people like Peggy Noonan or Malcolm Gladwell or any of these guys, they can effectively take their audience with them away from the New Yorker or the wall street journal, and they can go on Substack and they can monetize their content. So this is like only fans for journalists. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's only fans for, for people who like to read. Uh, So this is a Janelle Shane uh, thing on AI weirdness. So do you know what GPT three is?
1: I'm ashamed to say I don't.
0: Well, don't be ashamed. We'll get into it. GPT-3 tries pickup lines. Once upon a time, I decided to train a neural net to generate pickup lines. Once I started collecting the training data, I began to regret it when I saw how awful the existing lines were. Turns out I needn't have worried. The neural net I used was so small and clueless that its pickup lines were mostly incoherent and confusing. (laughs) This is an AI that this girl wrote to generate pickup lines. Now, to be fair, AI has made paintings that rival Rembrandt. AI has composed music that's succinct by itself. And AI has done a wonderful job of recreating and reproducing other forms of content. They just haven't gotten around to humor or really resonating emotional content because ai just kind of analyzes and replicates so they can they can find static stuff and reproduce it but when you get into the nuances of hey baby you work for fedex cuz you've been tracking my package all day they can't get into that the robot can't you know the robot can't roll with that action
1: if the, if the robot starts getting an austrian accent that's when i'm fucking out i am not we are there we are there
0: there's a couple of samples of pickup lines that the artificial intelligence came up with You must be a triangle, because you're the only thing here. (laughs) Hey, baby, are you a candle? Because you're so hot of the looks with you.
1: No, stop it.
0: I'm not on your wares, but I want to see your start. (laughs) Here's my favorite. You look like a thing, and I love you.
1: That actually might work. That one work. might actually work. Yeah, I thought about that. Go yeah. down to Hooters. You know, you know uh, there is something to be said, though. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a good time for this story, but one of the best pickup lines by a wingman I've ever, ever experienced was in Denver. I, did I tell you, you the story? Go on. Uh, me, me and uh, my new buddy, Troy, uh, we only know each other for about a month. He was my roommate. And we went out with our other roommate who just moved in. He uh, really odd guy, but he had ridiculous game. And I don't know how he did it, but he he did. He he just pulled in the ladies like I've never seen before. So him, Troy and myself were sitting at a table in a a bar. Uh, The DJ started playing music. You know, it was was transferring over from a restaurant into a bar and uh, it was getting about that hour. And some, yep, some, some, uh, some beautiful ladies were uh, two of them were close to our table. And he goes, what do you think of those two? And I'm, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty cute. Great. I'm going to hook this up. So he walks up to her, walks up to the girl who had a beer in her hand. He takes the drink out of her hand and walks and never looks back. Never looked back. Just drank the beer. And disappeared. And the two girls looked at Troy and I, like, what the fuck was that? And we had the same face. What the fuck was that? And ended up working out great. Like <laughs> we went, I'm sorry. I will buy you a new drink. I don't know what he's thinking. And as odd as he was, he had ridiculous game. That was
0: a level of genius right there, because that's an automatic bringing people together with a shared experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And he got a free beer on the deal.
0: Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with girl lips on it. Uh, for those of you paying attention, GPT-3 is generative pre-trained Transformer 3. It's an autoregressive language model that uses deep learning to produce human-like text. So this will write stories and novels. This will probably compose jokes at some point. There's a couple of different variations of GPT-3. One is da Vinci, one is Curie, one is Babbage, which I think I've heard of before, and one is Ada. And, uh, each of those four variants actually did pull off some pretty good ones. So if you're looking at these Leon, if you see some you like, some of these are pretty good. Do you um, like pancakes? Got to run with that one. <laughs> you look like Jesus. If he were a butler in a Russian mansion, we're going to try that one. Try that one on, on triple B later.
1: Oh, you know what I like about you? Your long legs. <laughs> that's how they spelled it out on this dot 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 long dot 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 legs i will
0: briefly summarize the plot of back to the future Two for you
1: i have exactly four stickers i need you to be the fifth
0: oh i'm going to pull that one on the wife later
1: (laughs) these are good that was uh, was
0: da vinci that artificial intelligence robots uh, let's see. Picked up some pretty flowers. You want to smell them? Here, try to take my hand off.
1: <laughs> that seems a little oh rapey to me. Oh. <laughs> that Curie AI is a little bit... Uh.
0: Oh, dude, we're using this one. You have the best French toast I ever had.
1: Okay, read the one below it because I <laughs> came around my head around it.
0: Hey, baby. My name is John Smith. Will you sit on my bread box while I cook or is there some kind of speed limit on that thing? <laughs> that was a Mitch Hedberg joke.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I I don't remember that one.
0: All right, so that's but... curie. No, I mean, that's that's something Mitch would say. Oh, yeah. All right, so then uh, let's move on to Babbage. Oh. Top one right there. You're looking good today, Walt Snacks.
1: <laughs> I need Babbage as a type. <laughs> uh, that's great.
0: It is urgent that you become a professional athlete.
1: <laughs> In your best Albert Einstein voice, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs>
0: Well, this one is a good start. Have you stolen anything today? That requires like a punchline. Yeah, like that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, will you marry me? Lame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they went to Ada, which is the smallest of the variants, completely lost the plot. Cape yeah. fashion. <laughs> Growler style <laughs> FX. <laughs> Future nope. Pop Tarts by Tracy Thorne. Uh,
1: a, uh, can I see your parts list? That's pretty good. That's a good one. Hey, baby,
0: are your schematics compatible with this protocol?
1: Yeah, that uh, would work in a nerd bar. I was gonna say that. That's that's when you bring out the, at the D party.
0: Yep. So take this to the nerd sorority. I can tell by your red power light that you're into me. <laughs> Turn off your hot light. Turn off the lights. Light a candle. All right, that was a crank
1: file. (laughs) That's pretty good. Turn them off. off.
0: We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back. Let's get into our parenting segment
1: we can make kids right now that's why we're here it's not the years; honey. it's the mileage
0: you can email us a bottle of brown at gmail.com you can email danny you can email leon you can give us ideas for content you can refute anything we say on the show if you want to hook us up with a jingle we love it send us photos send us whatever you want bottle of brown at gmail.com for our parenting segment i thought i would reach out to the Fouch who's uh, become something of a celebrity after their previous president dunked on him. Uh, He's come back with a vengeance under grandpa Joe. This one comes from health.com under the nutrition section and vitamins and supplements. Dr. Fauci says it's fine to take vitamins C and D to help boost your immune system. Here's what to know. If you're deficient in vitamin D, that does have an impact on your susceptibility to infection, said Dr. Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. I would not mind recommending, and I do it myself, taking vitamin D supplements. That's not all. Dr. recommend another vitamin. The other vitamin that people take is uh, vitamin C because it's a good antioxidant. So if people want to take a gram or so of vitamin C, uh, that would be fine.
1: Wait, is D is the one, is that the sunshine one? Yeah, vitamin D is the
0: one you get for being out in the sun. Also, vitamin D is the one you don't want to take too much of because it's fat soluble. But vitamin C, eat your heart out. You'll pee it out.
1: And so this is a new information. Like get some sunshine on your face and you know eat an orange and you'll be a little bit healthier, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh this was based on an Instagram conversation between Dr. Fauci and Jennifer Garner, uh ex Mrs. Affleck. A fam. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. Recommendations stopped there when Garner asked whether things like spinach, elderberry, and other supplements could help your immune system stay healthy. Dr. Fauci gave his honest opinion. The answer to the dismay of many is no. Uh, there is clear evidence that vitamin D does help fight off respiratory infections. Doesn't hurt. So there you have it. Vitamin D, vitamin C boost your immune system. You'll find a lot of vitamin D and vitamin C in most kids' multivitamins, so I think any multivitamin you find Flintstones or other will probably be okay for the kids.
1: Well, there you go. Take your Flintstone. Go for it. I was going to say, take your Flintstone vitamin and uh, you know ward off COVID.
0: Every time I listen to Fauci on an interview, it's always New York, (laughs) deep New York accent.
1: Uh, You know, since we're in the parenting subject. And we're in, we're, there's a heated debate coming up and i apologize i'm springing this one on you danny and I know it's a, a sensitive subject so if you don't like it you can cut it out later right okay. to vaccinate your children or not to vaccinate your children definitely
0: <laughs> i uh I would say yes um there are there are a number of different viewpoints that I wouldn't go into the territory of anti-vaxxers. I would want to probably pull apart criticisms that I've heard of vaccines. They're loaded with preservatives. They've got petroleum and and other forms of things that allow them to be shelf stable. If you look at this Pfizer vaccine, it's got to be under deep cryo. So when they pull it out, it's got to thaw and then it only has a shelf life for so many hours before you got to use it. So Uh in terms of that, Uh, When you get into the vaccines cause autism, I think that's been thoroughly debunked. And I think if you look back at uh, years of scientific research in terms of the net benefit of vaccines, and that's how I want to look at it. The net benefit. My cousin is a a nurse and she won't vaccinate her kids. She doesn't believe in it. And she's, she's Uh a medical, she's a medical doctor. Uh Um, I know an infectious disease nurse who says, I don't believe in vaccines. I don't like the science. And so uh-huh. I don't know how you take that argument. I have vaccinated my children. I've vaccinated myself. My wife has gotten their vaccines. If there is a vaccine available for my kids, I'll probably suggest it. Uh, but I got to be fair. I don't, I don't take a flu shot. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't know. I, what, what do you think?
1: I'm on the fence. I mean, obviously, my wife and I are mid-vaccination right now. I get my next one next week, my last one next week. Um, I believe that vaccinating people at risk or at least a higher level of risk makes a lot of sense. Uh, do I am I an anti-vaxxer now? We've done the flu shot, I've done the flu shot ever since my daughter's been born, uh, done all the vaccines. She's done all the vaccines. The only thing that's a little different about this one specifically and it, whether or not you're on one fence or the other, I, I understand both arguments. I listen to both arguments. The one that's tough for me to understand is the true risk for my four-year-old daughter to catch COVID and have true complications from it are off the charts, impossible, right? Very, very, very low. Um, so then you're like, okay, well then, you know what is what is the risk with this vaccine and I don't know much about the J and J one, um, but the other two, uh, which I did Moderna, my wife did the Pfizer and, uh, they are in new technology. Now I did it because I'm 40 and, you know, if complications show up because of it, you know, so be it. Right. But something about being a parent and making a decision to give my four-year-old a shot that could or could not, because it's new, different technology. This isn't the same vaccines that ever existed before, right? They may be better. Who knows? We don't know, right? So, it's scary to think about giving it to a, a four-year-old with virtually no risk of true dangerous illness from this. So, it's it's a complicated topic, and it's it's one that I, I'm really going to have to think about now. I, I'm not a medical professional, and I will continue to listen to medical professionals. But I also have a lot of distrust in the medical profession in general, because I know a lot of my personal experience with them is a shotgun approach. Right? Uh, they just they just treated ten people with the flu, and I walk in and say that my stomach hurts. I have the flu. Or, or aren't you going to run a test? No, you have the flu. The flu is going around. Take take these nine medications. Come back if you still feel bad in a week, you know, we'll we'll do the next thing. So, you know, that that type of treating is it makes me a little bit weary, especially when they're shoving this down everybody's throat and saying, hey, if you don't want your four-year-old to wear a mask in school or five year old, you know, this is what they're gonna have to do. It's it's not just cut and dry when it comes to kids. Now, if if the risk was reversed, right? Let's say COVID was really hurting the super young and everybody older were fine, then it would be a no-brainer for me, right? But it's such a low risk for them. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. It's it's something that's, you know, it's a head-scratcher for me and it's something I have to think about. We got time because they're not exactly handing them out for kids right now, but it's uh, something I am, I'm going to have to think about.
0: Uh, in terms of the, are you putting your children at harm? Yeah, you're not putting them in harm until you're putting them in harm. So the, the idea of, of vaccines... I think they poke a kid 30 times by the time they're in the sixth grade. So yeah, there's some things that they could do. Uh, What I pulled up on screen here is the little bit of coverage on NPR from biochemist, Jennifer Doudna, who had a complete book written about her by Walter Isaacson, the guy that's famous for the Steve Jobs biography. Uh I actually listened to an interview with Isaacson who talked about her and the book and The ethics of rewriting the code of life is the the liner on this one. If you look at the Pfizer vaccine, it uses what's referred to as messenger RNA, and that's effectively Mm -hmm. rewriting your genome, right? So your traditional vaccine is to give you a dead virus. They insert it in your body. Your body grabs it and goes, kill it, kill it, kill it. And then your body goes, all right, we've seen that thing before. We know what it looks like. We're going to get it next time. And that's how traditional vaccines work. With a messenger RNA virus, you're actually recoding your body to understand what this thing looks like. So it doesn't need to see a dead virus to understand what it is. It intuitively knows what it looks like going into it. Uh, I don't, I, I, that's the basic premise for the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. I got the shit kicked out of me on the second shot. Like uh-huh. I was 48 hours, I was wiped. Um, and then at right, almost up at the 47 hour and 59 minute mark, I popped out of it and I felt like a million bucks. Hmm. So there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some science to that in terms of the efficacy of, of modern vaccine technology with regards to kids. Uh, if I get to the, the real question you're asking is they can't do clinical trials because they don't have enough sick kids to do a clinical trial. That tells me kids don't get sick. So you may never see a vaccine under the age of 16 or under the age of 12 because they don't have a significant sample size to do the testing. And it's, you know, I'm not a big government guy, but I am happy that the FDA has those protocols where they say you have to test it on a certain number of people before you're allowed to market it. So if they can't even find the test subjects, that tells me that it's not a significant risk because they found 32,000 adults right away for the one that they made Uh, and I'm not worried about my kids. They're in school. They've got a mask on. They take it off at recess. They're hanging out with the neighborhood kids. They're hanging around us. Uh, Some of the preliminary research I remember reading about in April of last year when they were talking about uh, France or Germany is the parents got sick because the kids gave it to them and the kids showed no symptoms. That's right. So I'm not, I'm not worried about, about children vaccines in this particular sense. Um, The wife likes to give the kids flu shots. That's fine. That's, that's a battle that I'm not going to win as a parent, but if you're going to go with something that's 50, 50, do I want to deal with it? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how the magic 15 is going to respond to that because you get a shot in your arm. It's a pain in the ass for a couple of days and you move on with your life, but it's like you get a shot and you basically immobilize your arm it's a pain in the ass to work out it's a pain in the ass to move around it's just a little nagging thing for a couple of days for a 50 50 shot of it doing any good i I see covid boosters being like that in six to nine months Mm
1: -hmm. yep yeah so yeah controversial topic but definitely one that uh Warrants a discussion during the parenting session. Yeah,
0: so. I'm glad you brought it up. And well, it's something. Uh, it's something to think about if you're going to get an opportunity to vaccinate your kids. You got to consider one: Do they need it? Is there a significant threat? Uh, we don't give our kids smallpox vaccines anymore because smallpox isn't a threat, but shingles is, measles uh-huh. is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Anyway, All we'll right. be right back. Okay, we're back. And we're back. And we're back. You are uh, going on a golf outing, my friend. Do you want to talk about the golf outing? Or the benefits Ugh. of the golf outing? or Because it's a trip that I've missed a few times. And I'm going to miss <laughs> it again. And our mutual friends like to uh, lob insults at me because of it. But I, I do like the idea of what you're doing. Do you want to give some of the deets for the Magic 15?
1: Well, it's it's a fun, it's a fun thing. I Look, we're not, we're not even close to professional golfers, but we are professional shit talkers. And that's really what this is all about. Go out there. Some of your buddies, this, this year, we got a uh, 24 wow. people going out. We're going out to La Quinta, just outside of Palm Springs. I know it well. And uh, some beautiful, we're doing
0: the PGAs. Yeah, we're going right, to PGA, PGA right? West. Right yeah. by, uh, right by my folks old house.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's you know, beautiful area, beautiful courses. Uh, one, you know, the stadium course uh, shows up and I think the Nicholas course, maybe more than that show up on that, uh, what used to be the Bob hope. I don't know what they rebranded it as, but the, uh, definitely, uh, it's just, it's just fun. It's just, Hey, this is our fun thing. To go out there. See, just go, uh, go play 36 holes a day. Talk a lot of shit, you know, go back, have some bourbon, jump in the pool talk about what everyone's been doing we got people coming in from all over the place Arizona Ohio we got uh, you know some some people coming in from Seattle so it, it's going to be good uh, and you know it, we obviously couldn't go last year this is something we've done for I want to say a little over 10 years now so it's been an annual kind of tradition and it's it's grown in its own right and uh, you know I'm looking forward to it I always want to do well but more than anything, I'm just looking forward to spending four or five days with with the buddies. So that's what that's what this trip's all about. I'm excited, and uh, that's that's why we're doing it a day early here. So I want to say, uh, Danny, that you have been an unbelievable uh, host of this show, and so flexible with my ridiculous demands. Of, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, fifteen, I I push this poor guy around everywhere, and I and I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that talented. I'm not that talented. And he, for some reason he puts up with me like, Hey, can we move in an hour? Can we move it up an hour? Can we move it a day? And he just does. I don't understand it. You, you, you could probably find a more talented person than me. That would be more consistent with you.
0: Well, I appreciate that you have a contrary opinion to most of the things that I talk about. If we want to get into politics, we'll get, probably get into a real good showdown. Uh, yeah. But the idea is let's have a drink. Let's talk about work. And let's talk about our kids and you're in a good place to do that. Uh, I have friends that have kids and work. They don't drink Brown. I have friends that drink Brown. They don't have kids. So mm. you, sir, are the target demographic for this show. And it's nice to be able to do this with you uh, on a mostly weekly basis. All right. Well, that's all for you, my friend. Until next week. Until next week, sir. All right. See you brother. See us.
1: This place is dead anyway, man.